Josh. Welcome to Humanly Possible. So excited to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome. Well, it's so great to be here. Thanks, Angela. Yeah, and Josh, I just, um, I know we were just talking for, for a few minutes. I feel like we could have recorded earlier because you were already dropping some great knowledge. But tell us about yourself, um, a little bit about you professionally, but also what yeah, for sure. Uh, Josh Little, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've built four tech companies that have now been used by hundreds of millions of people collectively and had a great career as an entrepreneur. Before that, had a career in uh, in sales and sales training in the Fortune 500. And that's kind of what led me into entrepreneurship. And what makes me human other than my hairline is uh, my life's mission, which is to make beautiful things. That's my personal mission in life. And regardless of what it is, uh, whether it's a jar of pickles or a musical performance or a YouTube video or a tech company, uh, my goal in life is, is to make beautiful things, which means they're objectively beautiful and worthy of remark. And that's, that's the bar I strive uh, for for everything. I love it. Well, now that you said pickles, now I'm really hungry. <laughs> but, um, but yes, I um, I was really drawn to. to I, I know you're a serial entrepreneur, but you have a startup called Volley, and so I'd love to hear more about that. And I'd love you to share with the audience what you've built. Yeah. So with Volley, we're on a mission to help team communication suck less, especially for remote teams, because you really only have two options to communicate. You you either type or you talk and neither are perfect. They both have inefficiencies. When you choose to type, you're choosing to do something like Slack or email, you're choosing to do something you're seven times slower at than your ability to talk. Um, and we all have that instinct like, ah, oh, we just need to talk to move forward. And that didn't change with the pandemic. That doesn't change for remote teams. But talking means synchronicity. It means getting in the same room or the same Zoom, which is interruptive and has a host of other inefficiencies, meandering of the conversation, small talk, people that talk too much, people that don't talk enough, uh, people that shouldn't be there, all, all, of the, all of the problems that we know as meetings and meetings is an easy villain to attack. So with Volley, we're, we've built a communication platform that's the best of both worlds, the richness of talking with the flexibility of te texting. It's a video messaging tool, um, asynchronous video messaging. Uh, so you take turns in Volley just like any other conversation, just like this one. We've taken a couple of turns so far. But in Volley, you record your turn with video, kind of like on Snapchat or Marco Polo. Um, and that allows us to have, you know, the, the, the richness of talking and the flexibility of, of texting combined. So it's, it's a new way to move work forward. And it's uh, exciting to see how this is helping teams just communicate better in a remote world. Yeah, and it's so timely because I think a lot of, I mean, I know a lot of companies are grappling with, uh, how they're going to rethink paradigms around work. And I know, I mean, you and I have probably been working remotely for a very long time, but uh, there's some companies that have never worked remotely or people who have never worked remotely before. So describe to us what is, you kind of alluded to it, but what is asynchronous work? And maybe the follow-up question is, what's, what kind of communication is appropriate asynchronously versus synchronously? Great question. So asynchronous just simply means that time and place isn't involved. That you just like an email or a Slack message, that's asynchronous. When you you send it, the other person doesn't have to read it the moment you send it. Unlike us talking now, you're listening to me while I talk, I listen to you while you talk, etc. So asynchronous is just separated by place or time. 
Um, and the, the with volley, we're kind of extending the bar of asynchronous deeper into the spectrum of conversation. We we kind of know instinctively we wouldn't we wouldn't set up a meeting to send someone a link or a file. Like we don't need it. Just send me the link or a file. That's asynchronous, right? But then on the other end of the spectrum, imagine a conversation that's emotionally charged or takes five hundred turns by eight different people to to make it happen. Those things are difficult and shouldn't be done asynchronously. So at the two ends of the spectrum, it's pretty clear, but in the middle, it gets kind of muddy. What, what do you use asynchronous for? And that's what we're trying to do with Volley is extend that asynchronous um, deeper. So take the asynchronous chat that you're having in Slack where you're slacking your face off all day and um, typing back and forth to your coworkers, make that thing better just by giving the full context and empathy using asynchronous video. And in Volley, you can also write a text Volley or use a voice Volley if, if your hair isn't good. But I every day is a good hair day for me. So uh, I don't That's have that problem. true. I'm very <laughs> jealous. <laughs> uh, you you got to go with what you have, right? Uh, but uh, but there are certain things that just need to be synchronous. And, and, and for us at Volley and for our, our users, what we're finding is it's anything that's emotionally charged and anything that uh, just requires tons of tight feedback loops in the conversation. And it's surprising how much, um, how much actually can be done asynchronous. It depends on kind of the culture of the team, but, but quite a bit. What do you, how do you feel like work styles come into play? Because, you know, when we, I'm in the, I'm in the business of, you know, behavioral psychology and team dynamics and all that, all that jazz. So, you know, what you, what we often find is for teams to work really well together, you have to understand each other's defaults. And, you know, I've talked to some teams where you've got perhaps someone from a younger generation um, say, you know, I could text all day. I'd be totally fine. But then you've got that. Gen Xer, for example, who is like, no, I'm going to walk over and have the conversation. So how do you see those things? Do they clash? Is there a common denominator across generational and work style differences? There is. Yeah. The Gen Xer wants to pick up the phone. The Gen Y wants to text. The Gen Z wants to record their voice uh, or their face because that's how they grew up. Right. So there is some, you know, stereotypes for, for generations for sure. But this is one of the things that I'm most excited about what we're doing. Um, I heard from one engineer, for example, um, he said, you know, my friends on Snapchat and WhatsApp, they think I'm funny, they think I'm confident, they think I'm cool, but nobody at work thinks that about me because I just don't know what to say. I don't, and when I'm sitting in a meeting, I trip over my words, I don't have a good thought to share, I'm nervous about what I'm saying. And so what Volley is enabling me to do is to show up how I need you know, need to to my team, right? So that's what I think is pretty exciting is allowing that face-to-face -face communication. But for someone like me, who's an introvert, who obviously from this podcast should take a little time to think before he speaks, um, it, it allows someone to just take the time to think. And what educational research has shown us is that when you can give a student even three seconds to think about their response, they come up with a fundamentally better response that's more succinct and more to the point and more uh, and with more depth. So um, that's true in, in workplace communication. And that's the power of asynchronous. 
But the downside of asynchronous, you know, the power of email is I can sit and obsess over the thing for two hours and get it just right and get those bullet plates points put perfectly in there, right? But is that the best use of time? Couldn't you just said that? And how often does your email get misunderstood or misunder misinterpreted because it only has 7% of the, the full picture of communication that tone of voice and, and body language doesn't lend. So I think, I think there's a big opportunity to communicate better. And that's, that's one of the things I'm most excited about what we're doing. Does that kind of get to the question yeah. where you're going? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, just to kind of summarize, um, from my perspective is, you know, you're, you're giving a diverse outlet of communication based on preference, but based on also like objective efficiency, you know, like what's right. the most having diverse ways of communicating that, that meet the needs of your team can only make communication better Absolutely. You know, uh, versus having a single mode of communication that doesn't work for everybody. And now, you know, 80% of your team is, is being inefficient. That's right. And the, the future of work is only going to be more flexible. It's only going to be more distributed. You're in different modalities throughout the day. You're in a coffee shop in the morning, then you're in an office, then you're at lunch, then you're at home, then you're walking the dog, whatever it is. Each of those modalities kind of require a shape shifter of a communication tool, which is what, we, what we're trying to build at Volley is one that shows up how you need it to so that you can show up how you need to with your team, whether, whether that's the most efficient or um, you know, the most effective for your message. It's, it's very much use the right tool for the right job is what I think you're saying, right? Yeah, no, that's great. And one thing that kind of came to mind when you were talking about, um, you know, the engineer you were talking about and how he needs to show up, I think there's a level of like professionalism is going away, which I love. I love the idea of this because professional, like what is professionalism as anyway? Hmm. And how much energy have we, have we um, exerted to meet it? And so I think what tools like yours provides is an opportunity to be authentic and to show up the way you want to show up authentically. Um, so have you seen, I mean, as you were developing the tool, did that come to mind? Uh, any thoughts from, from you on that? Yeah, it's, it is actually something that bothers me. I think for the same reasons that you're happy that professionalism is going away. About 5% of our users are like, Oh, can you add filters? Ah, I don't like seeing myself on camera. Ooh, I don't like my voice. And I'm like, Oh no. Oh, no. What have we done to these people? What's wrong? <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I guess we could add filters, but what what are what are we really solving? What there's isn't there a deeper issue here? So I, I but I get it. I get it. Um the but I can't imagine a future of work where we are less comfortable with video. We're less comfortable with our authentic selves and who we are and what our backgrounds look like and 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 why, right? Um and that's all okay. It's, uh, I think it's, we communicate um, on Volley heavily as a team, as you can imagine. And what one, one of our engineers actually said was, um, uh, this is in the hiring process. We, we were interviewing and using Volley as kind of the communication tool in between the interviews. And before he started, he said, you know what? 
I feel like I actually know you. I feel like we're already friends, which is kind of weird. I've never felt this way about somebody I hadn't even worked with yet. And it's because you're walking out to the car and you can see your house and you can see you know, this. Oh, my kid just walked through the background and this is my dog. And this is right. It's life. And and therefore it's connection because, you know, culture and relationships are the some of our communication, right? Or sorry, let me say that differently. Communication sums up to equal culture and relationships. So the, the way we communicate is very much the way uh, we relate and what our culture looks like. So yeah, I, I think um, there's a huge opportunity here and I agree. Yeah, I, um, you know, I think often about this uh, paradigm sh paradigm shift around office culture, you know, which I've been saying for a long time, office culture is not culture, right? It's just, it's, it's a place, it's a destination and office is four walls and concrete and but that's yeah. not culture, you know, culture lives in the, the minds and the hearts of your people. And it's the way you make decisions. It's how you communicate. It's how you collaborate. It's what's said and what's not said. It's much more complex than a destination. So, uh, from your perspective, how do you see, I guess, how do you see the future of work and culture change? I mean, you talked a little bit about it, you know, technology is one piece, but anything else that you're just noticing with the work and, and starting this business that has given you some some insight? Yeah, it's it's been fun to research uh, group communication and the dynamics of team communication. Uh, it's been fun to research those things. But I think what's What's interesting that I'm finding is you mentioned earlier, you've probably been working remote for a long time. Actually, no, I've wanted to with my last three companies. We've tried. We read remote by Jason Freed. We did all the things we did work from home Wednesdays and it just never worked. We could never make it click. And I think there's been enough talk about remote work and freedom and flexibility and all of the benefits um, th that it can yield. But the the tools haven't been there to let us actually do there. So I, I think the future of work is is kind of held up right now. It, it, it's a, a, a dam of that's, that's held back this pent up demand for all of us that are ready. COVID forced us there, but I think it really only cracked the dam. It didn't break it. And I think it's going to be um, allowing communication to flow like it needs to so that work can flow like it needs to at home because I mean, buffers, state of remote work study last year cited, I mean, the top two problems with remote work are lack of communication and loneliness. And I think we all feel that. And that's why you read articles about Zoom happy hours and things like that. But that's a good attempt, but it, it's just forced fun at the end. Of, it doesn't work. Um, but I, th I think you're you're totally right when, when you're saying, you know, the, the, the way we communicate it is our culture. It's certainly not that it's a heck of a lot more our culture than that mural on the wall is in, in you know, our cool lobby or, or whatever we, we think is our culture. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, there's a shift happening with um, like when I think about culture, I think about the and there's actually some good research to say this, which is actually if you're communicating well, you should actually be communicating less synchronously, right? Mm. Because you have the systems, the infrastructure, the tools, the technology, the diversity of communication outlets to get what you need and to keep things moving. Because that's what that's what asynchronous work is. It's like yeah. 
it's almost like you want to automate it as much as possible but also there is a human element obviously because we're human beings and we need context and Mm-hmm. So it's like finding the right balance. And I feel like this is hard. I mean, this is hard work. This requires, I think, leaders to lead differently. It requires team members to take more ownership and accountability and self-advocacy. Mm-hmm. So what are some skills that you feel like are going to be needed to really make this idea of the discretion between asynchronous and synchronous work work? Yeah, well, I, I think it's maybe less skills and more of like a point of view or a paradigm shift, I think you you have to be excited about the value prop of asynchronous or remote work. You have to be excited about what that can mean to your life, your uh, culture, your team, right? Um, and, and be interested in, in those benefits. Um, and so I say, very frankly, like if communication doesn't matter. And I don't think anyone's going to actually admit this, but I've worked at companies where it honestly didn't matter. And our, our communication back and forth, yes, we, we have to do it, but it, it doesn't matter. But if it does, if you're a team that's trying to do big things, stakes are high, communication matters, then let's make every interaction count. Let's, let's, let's uh, choose something that is asynchronous because why were we hired after all? What were we hired to do a job or were we hired to sit in back to back meetings? I, I hope not the latter. Um, I think we we're all hired to do a job. There is deep work that should be done, deep thinking that's needed. And for that, we need something that's less interruptive, less time bound, less of a sponge that eats up our time and something we can tuck into corners of our day, listen to 2X, have perfect total recall, skip forward, skip back, do the stand up on a skateboard, wh- whatever it is we need. We need that flexibility in order to be able to work flexibly. Yeah, and I think also just a quality of life element to this. You know, I think um, to your point, you talked about freedom and choice. Uh, my belief is that is going to be the future of work is, I mean, I, I kind of say this tongue in cheek, but treat people like adults, right? Because they typically know if you hire talented people who have the behaviors that you need at your organization to move your culture forward, it's likely that they know exactly how to get the work done. And, you know, you putting parameters around meetings, um, creating choice, I think, choice around communication, choice around flexibility, discretion around when a live meeting is needed versus an asynchronous process. Mm -hmm. Like these are smart people that you're hiring, so. Right, and would you say that that the most talented people are probably going to start flocking to the most um, elite organizations that allow them to that get out of their way and allow them to just do that job and, and to excel. Exactly. Yeah. I think usually when I'm working with companies, what I find is a lot of times just the company gets in the way of the talent. They are mm-hmm. the problem. <laughs> and they're, they're like, well, why aren't we getting the most out of our people? It's like, well, you're, you've created this bureaucracy. You've created these blockades and these barriers. You're wasting talent. You're wasting energy and time and the wrong things. So yeah, I I do think that. Right. And I don't think anyone's sitting around like, ooh, how can I create some bureaucracy here? No one's thinking that. We're just, we're trying to do our best, but we're using past of work tools to move into this future work. And I don't think they're going to take us there. So that's why I say, I think a paradigm shift is needed to kind of get us to a place where we think not only async by default, but we think video first, 
because video is a fundamentally better way to communicate. It gives the other 93% of the communication picture. And yeah, how we say it does matter just about as much as what is said, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, um, you mentioned a paradigm shift, but I do think, you know, there, another conversation is happening with, um, from a career development standpoint, which is learn how to use video and content creation to your benefit and for communications. I mean, content creation in and of itself, I think there's, there's a group of people who just, it's foreign to them. It's something they've never done before. They never thought about information, knowledge sharing as content creation. It's, you know, it's always been a Word document or, mm -hmm. you know, a PowerPoint presentation or an Excel presentation. But now we're talking about vlogs and articles and videos and how do you create that to engage an audience in a very short period of time. So that's one skill I believe that people will have to, you know, digital writing and content creation are two really good skill sets to have. Absolutely. Yeah, the 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 future is no less comfortable with video. And we're actually trying to take it a step further and help the world see that video isn't just a piece of content, but it's a, a vehicle for communication. And that's like its highest use and highest form is to like we're using right now is to allow it to, to communicate better. And imagine the superpowers if we could even split up these turns and take time to think and, and do all of those things. So there, there is a, a decent amount of the world that I think already thinks about video as a piece of content. And they're like, well, I want to send, how do I send this volley to someone? And we're like, well, no, you just invite them to the conversation. Then you volley back and forth. You're not like making a video. You wouldn't want to edit this thing. Um, it's just a vehicle. It's temporary. This is why, you know, Snapchat, you send you someone, a sna someone a snap, it goes away. It, it served its purpose and volley. It, they stick around for 60 days because it's work and you probably need to go back to it. But after that, you don't need it. Nah, nah, you got what you got. You want it. Yeah. So, um, well, let's move to, I would love to move to synchronous work really quickly because like you said, there, there are, there is a need for synchronous work. Now, um, being mindful and intentional about how you, um, how you structure that work, I think is the important piece. So how can companies, meet smarter because i think today you hear a lot about could that could have been an email or do we really need that meeting um so what are some tactics that you can think of to improve meetings yeah well certainly uh there is a spectrum of communication and there is a certain spectrum that your team is you know and i'm speaking generally to the world your team is using as um as synchronous communication and that at the lower end of that spectrum this is these are the things that could have been an email it probably not actually an email because we we do need to talk but it it, it doesn't need to take even 10 turns it might take three turns back and forth like hey this is my idea what do you think of this well i don't know about that well okay that's good i'll do this you know that that was like three turns that doesn't need to be a meeting but because it was kind of complex and uh you needed to explain yourself you don't want to spend a half an hour writing an email you don't want to slack your face off so you might as well get in a room together but magically that turned into 30 minutes so it's it's really again the right tool for the job now if we're talking about a 500 turn uh backlog refinement meeting with engineers where all eight eight engineers need to weigh in and every second take every turn happens in like one or two seconds yeah that would be terribly synchronously that would be you know or an accountability conversation that's emotionally charged um 
do not do that asynchronously. You, if you wouldn't text it, you know, you, you shouldn't volley it. Um, yeah, those, those, those things need to happen synchronously. But for everything else, there's volley. And I think for each team, that line, where you draw that line, kind of depends on the culture and the needs of the team and the importance of work and the speed at which it needs to flow. So at volley, we have a couple meetings a week that really are just better done synchronously. Um, we, we were extreme in the beginning trying to force everything asynchronous, but yeah, th there's just a couple of things, you know, the, the, our founders meeting and then our, our planning meeting each week that really just are better synchronous. And so it's again, right tool for the right job. Yeah. And I think even with synchronous work, you can still implement asynchronous bookends, I guess, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, prepping for the meeting, like what do you, what, what does everybody need to come in knowing? So what can you provide asynchronously? So your meeting maybe isn't as long or confusing, or there's not a ton of energy exerted in the energy of figuring out what's going on. Right. And then the other bookend I think is the, the recap, the decisions, like who's doing what, because I think what you don't want is then to have another meeting because somebody forgot they're on the hook for that other thing. And so you're right back where you started. So those bookends, I always think of a asynchronous, but there's always, there are going to be meetings who, where you need to get together and, and put your brains together. Right. Yeah. It's the document that needs to be created to get us all on the same page in the meeting. I think this is, Amazon does that like the first five or 10 minutes of a meeting are just reading the document that everyone has to put together to have a meeting. I mean, creating constraints like that are good. And what we hear from our users is Volley is kind of the pre-game and post-game conversation. It's the ramp up. But a lot of times, you know, if you've got an hour, it's a big, hairy decision that needs to be made we didn't get it all out. You're not quite sure what to do. Some research needs to be done. Well, what are you going to do? Well, we're going to schedule another meeting. When can we have, it's two weeks from now. We've all been at those companies, right? And it just feels like everything works in like a two week cycle. And it's like, oh man. Um, but it's really just a few turns, some research, something to be reported, a decision that's shared, a proposal made, everyone agrees. That can be done asynchronously. Maybe the hashing it out, needs to be done synchronously, getting in a room, seeing each other, feeling the energy. But um, then after that meeting, the, the, the conversation can continue and, and move as fast as communication can. Well, I love the pre-game, post-game. You know, that, that, that puts it into perspective for me. Um, I call it bookends, but I like the pre-game, yeah. post-game. Yeah. Um, so Josh, just to kind of uh, close here, anything else that you want to mention around this idea of asynchronous work, the future of work that, you know, you want our audience to, to be in tune with before we, before we close out? Well, may, maybe one other thing. There's, um, it, it's one thing that I'm pretty excited about uh, hearing feedback from our users uh, because w one of the things we all noticed when we w went remote was all of those little interactions that seemed like nothing, the, the water cooler conversations, the me jumping out and saying something funny in the hall or the conversation we had in the parking lot, they went away. And um, those interactions seemed like nothing until in, in isolation. But when you combine them up, they, they equal our, our relationship. They, it's not what it's not the work that we're doing. It's the conversation in and around the work that that connects us. And so 
what what I love that that we're hearing about something like volley that can kind of bring that spontaneity back, bring that fun back into the workplace. Um, nobody's going to schedule a Zoom to tell a joke, and you're probably not going to write it in an email either because it's not going to get my masterful comedic timing. But something like volley is in the middle where you're like you you can tell the joke, say what you need to say, move on with your day. So one of the one of the things I am most excited about is, uh, and I think I've said that like three times, <laughs> but I really am is is how how something like volley can can bring back the fun and spontaneity to a remote team who feels lonely and and the you know this lack of collaboration and, and connection. Love that. Yeah, I think that is a missing piece for people. Um, and it's important. It's, uh, it is the, the connection, um, the, the spontaneity. I mean, I'm just repeating what you said, but it's the spontaneity piece that a Zoom call or a Slack or a Teams message just doesn't quite capture. So yeah, it, it I, I guess I've heard, you know, people don't leave companies, they leave a manager. I'm not sure that's, that's quite true. People leave a culture people, if they don't, feel connected if they don't feel heard if they don't you know feel if feel like they're fitting in you know they're gonna leave well josh i thoroughly enjoyed this conversation i could talk to you all day about uh about this and would love to have you back at some point um you know to to talk more about i'm sure in a month we'll be experiencing something else with the future of work so thank you josh for joining and, and thanks for sharing your insights Uh, It was my pleasure. I'm so glad that you had me.